0: Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the Word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest.
1: grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear relieved, t'was grace that
0: Good morning. Welcome to A Time of Harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us. As we prepare now to receive the Word of God, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture found in Mark's Gospel account, chapter 10,
2: where Jesus has an encounter with a young man who says that he's seeking eternal life. And yet, when he is given the terms by which eternal life is to be offered, he walks away sad and unfulfilled. We're going to be talking about spiritual considerations. And we pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family. We invite you at your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a worship experience or a Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here every Sunday at 8 and 11 for worship. Church school is at 9.45. We're here on Wednesdays at noon and 6.30 for the study of God's Holy Word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, we invite you to tune in this evening at 6 o'clock for a closer look our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast. You'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. Until you have a chance to come and share with us in a live worship experience, we thank you for being a part of this television broadcast in a time of harvest. I want to talk about spiritual consideration. Spiritual consideration. You ought to ask yourselves, how did this encounter with Jesus turn out so wrong for this young man? At the start, it seemed to hold great promise. Mark says that the man came seeking Jesus, that as he saw Jesus passing by, he came running to him. It suggests that this man had some insight as to who Jesus was, and he counted it a privilege to be close to him. And what parent or grandparent hearing me today does not want their child or grandchild to recognize who Jesus is and to count it a privilege to be close to him? What parent or grandparent does not want their child to come running up to be with him? So far, so good. More than that, Mark says that when the young man got to Jesus, he asked what seemed to be a good question. Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? The query showed that the young man had a futurist view of life. He understood that there was more to life than the things of this world. And I'm confident that every mother and father under the sound of my voice would want their child to understand that there is more to life than the here and now. We want our children to grasp just how quickly life changes and that we can't be so comfortable with our present situation that we give no consideration to what the future may hold. It seems clear that this young man had done that. And then a third thing that suggests that this encounter was going to go a different way was that the young man could attest that he had made a good record for himself. When Jesus reminded him of the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. The young man proudly said, teacher, I've been doing that all my life. And I don't know a parent or grandparent who would not like to brag that their child has never given them a moment's trouble. That they've always been mannerable and honorable and filled with integrity. So given that this man came seeking Jesus, given that he had a curiosity about the future, given that he had built up such a good record of being honorable and having integrity. How did this encounter end so badly for this man? The last thing that Mark records about the encounter is that the man's face clouded over and he walked off with a heavy heart. How did that happen? Well, the answer is found right there in the text. Mark says that Jesus challenged the young man go sell whatever you own, give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth, and then come. Follow me. Mark says that what Jesus said to him was the last thing he wanted to hear. Why? Because he was holding tight to a lot of things. And he wasn't about to let it go. On Thursday, most of our children will be headed back into the classroom for another school year. In the next week our young people will be making their way back to college campuses to engage in the next leg of their life journey. And we all want to do whatever we can to make this school year as successful as it can possibly be. Well this text suggests to us that the one thing that would be of great assistance to our young people and our not so young people is that we learn from the mistake of this young man in the text and that we make spiritual considerations of the preeminent perspective from which God wants us to view our lives. Our greatest need today is to give spiritual matters greater consideration. Not singular consideration, but greater consideration. Spiritual consideration ought to be the lens by which we focus on all other aspects of our living. Now, somebody will ask, didn't this young man do that didn't he come to jesus asking about eternal life and i would affirm that he asked the right question but he did it from the wrong frame of reference and this is the great tragedy for a lot of people young and old today it's not that we're not asking the right question but we're doing it from the wrong consideration. This is what James refers to when he says, you don't have what you want, because you don't ask God. And even when you do ask, you don't receive it, because you ask from the wrong consideration. We think very hard about Things that involve money. We spend a great deal of time working on our health and comforts. We give serious consideration to politics and social conditions. But we often don't give as much consideration as we should to spiritual things. In fact, it is often true that our preoccupation with the financial, the physical, the political, and the social blind us to the spiritual. Young people, as you head back to school you must do all that you can to excel in the classroom you must do what you can to give yourselves the opportunity to be productive members of society but in all you're doing in all you're getting in all your experiences make sure that you keep your focus on the spiritual and let the spiritual impact all the other considerations of your life. The text says that this was a fine young man. This was a religious Young man. This was a young man with good character and an outstanding background. He had wealth and he enjoyed a comfortable status in life. But the tragedy of his story is that, in spite of the effort he had put forth to reach his goal, he missed it. He could have had it if he'd given more spiritual consideration. To what jesus had to say to him first as spiritual consideration jesus wanted this young man to understand the relationship between value and price give this young man credit what this man said he wanted was the most precious thing that anyone could desire and and he deserves credit for realizing what was truly worthwhile it speaks well of him that he knew the value of what he was asking for it meant he had knowledge it meant that he could prioritize he was able to distinguish between the real and the superficial but it's important to note that what the young man couldn't take place was that there was a price to be paid for what he was asking for. Young people, as you head back to the classroom, as you move to the next chapter of your lives, it's good to know the value of a successful life, but the question becomes, are you willing to pay the price in order to have a successful life? This young man was willing to pay something but Jesus said, give it all. Take everything you've got and sell it. He wasn't willing to pay the price that Jesus said. I want you to hear me today. You are saved, but a successful life is about more than being saved. It's about having the joy of your salvation. It's a terrible thing to be a joyless Christian. It's a terrible thing to be a joyless individual. It is so sad to see moping faces and groping faces when you come into the house of the Lord. And it's an indication that you understand the value of being here, but you ain't willing to pay the price. We all know the value of financial blessing, but the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Let me make you mad for a minute. Bring all the time to the storehouse. Prove me now. That means test me if you will. And see if I will not open the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. There's a price to be paid. We know the value of forgiveness. Let me get off money because y'all got quiet real fast. We know the value of forgiveness. And you want to be forgiven. And Jesus says that forgiveness is yours for the asking. But the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Jesus says in order to be forgiven, you must also be forgiving. And so it don't do you no good to keep asking the Lord to forgive me. If you ain't willing to forgive your neighbor. If this young man had given more spiritual consideration to what Jesus was telling him, he would have realized that Jesus was teaching him a great lesson on the relationship between value and price. Then a second consideration that Jesus was trying to raise in this young man is don't let your fear control your feelings. Most of us find it hard to admit fear, but many are not getting what we could get out of life because we're scared to do things different from how we've been doing it. There can be no doubt that this young man was serious about what he wanted. And Jesus never said that he couldn't have it. In fact, Jesus said the opposite. He said, you can have it. But as bad as he wanted it, he passed it up because he was scared. What was he scared of? He was scared of trying to make it without being rich. He was scared to try to live like Other people live. He was scared to try to live life under conditions that were different from what he was accustomed to. And just like this young man had that problem, a lot of us have that same problem. Being scared is what happened with Peter when, when Jesus made him put up that sword. Peter wasn't scared to fight. As long as he could fight his way. When the soldiers came for for Jesus on that night, Peter didn't run off and hide. He pulled out his switchblade and he started fighting right away. He didn't mind fighting as long as he could fight the way he wanted to fight. But when Jesus said, put the sword up, Peter ran away. He was willing to stand for Jesus as long as he could stand on his terms, hear me today. But he quit rather than to stand on Jesus' terms. Young people, a lot of you don't mind being in church or being called a Christian on your terms. But it's a different story when you have to stand on God's terms. This young man was very serious about the matter eternal life his only problem was that he wanted it on his terms and some of us want to be Christians on our terms but you can't do that Jesus has already set the terms as I have loved you so must you love one Another In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. You can't stand on your terms. You have to stand on his terms. You have to learn how to love like he loved. You have to learn how to bless those who curse you. And do good to them that hate you and pray for them that use you and persecute you. Some of you have very strong spiritual goals and ambitions, but you're not getting the fulfillment that you're looking for because you want it on your own terms. You're scared to quit being who you are and be who Jesus wants you to be. You stay in self-destructive environments. You cling to self-destructive people. You engage in self-destructive behavior because you're scared that if you let that stuff go, you won't be anybody. Well, let me get rid of that for you right quick. If you gotta be something crazy for somebody to love you, then they didn't love you in the first place, because when your crazy gets you in trouble and you look around to see who's with you, they're gonna all be gone looking back, saying, Look at him with his crazy self. If you really want what you say you want, then understand you can't get it your way, you have to be willing to go his way. His way is not always easy. His way sometimes leaves you friendless. His way sometimes has folk talking about you. But I declare his way is the better way. Well, finally, this man needed to spiritually consider that whatever you sacrifice for Jesus you'll receive far beyond what you give up. You can't measure spiritual satisfaction with material stuff. You know, from a, from a material standpoint, this young man was better off than a whole lot of people. He was financially rich. He was in good health. He appears to have had everything he needed in worldly goods. But the end of the text says his face clouded over. He walked away shaking his head. He walked away in sadness. And it was because he didn't embrace the truth that what we receive from Jesus makes up for anything that we sacrifice. If you look at the end of the passage, Peter had to be straightened out about this very thing. Peter was brash enough to say to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. But you know what Jesus said to him? He said, Mark, my word. No one who sacrifices house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or land or whatever because of me and the message will be left out. You'll get back more than what you gave up. And on top of everything else you'll get eternal life. Young people, I've been where you are. I've had personal aspirations and goals and desires. I I know that each of you has been blessed with talent and with opportunities and with a presence. And my prayer is that you make the most of your opportunity, but mark this true satisfaction will not come until you put your everything into the Lord's hands. Our greatest satisfaction does not come from the accumulation of stuff. But our greatest satisfaction comes from making Jesus the choice of your life. Hymn writer put it this way. Some folk would rather have houses... And some folk choose silver and go, these things they treasure, but they forget about their souls. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. And the good news is when you make Him your choice, He'll take care of everything else, He'll be bred when you're hungry he'll be water when you're thirsty he'll be a friend who sticks closer than a brother he'll be your light in dark places he'll be your hope in the midst of despair he'll be your joy in the midst of sorrow he'll be your peace in the midst of confusion whatever you think you're giving up i declare he'll give it back to you and more than that he'll give you eternal life doors of god's church are open
0: Shiloh feeds the hungry on a regular basis. Shiloh clothes the naked through its bargain center on a regular basis. Shiloh pays bills for people who are having a hard time and can't pay their bills on a regular basis. These are not drives that we have that last for two or three weeks out of the year. These are things that take place every day of the week uh, through our bargain center through our charitable foundation through our brotherhood and sisterhood through our comfort and care ministry through our prison ministry shiloh reaches out into the community on an everyday basis you know much is made of 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 what we tried to do during the floods of 2016 where we took uh a considerable amount of time and resources to help feed people on a daily basis as they tried to get back up on their feet. Uh, Much is made about that and and we're grateful for all of those who did so much. Reverend Jennifer Jones led that effort and did a wonderful job with that. But the truth of the matter is Shiloh feeds people every day. Shiloh clothes people every day. Shiloh uh, provides uh, the necessary uh, things for people to have a higher quality of life on an everyday basis. Not to mention the scholarship program, where $50,000 in scholarships uh, are are given away every year to people, not to mention the summer enrichment program where young people are given an opportunity to work in areas of their own interest uh, throughout the summer. And Shiloh picks up the tab for that, not the business. We don't go to businesses and ask them to pay for it. We ask them to place the person, and Shiloh pays for that. And we don't get a grant to do that. We do that through the membership. So when you ask me, what is it uh, that we have in store, it's, it's, it's simply looking at the needs that exist as they arise, and then saying, well, what can we do to fix that need? I can't say what the need is going to be. We didn't know in 16 that there was going to be a massive flood. We didn't know in 16 that Alton Serling was going to be murdered in the way that he was by Baton Rouge police officers. We didn't know uh, many of the things that have happened that they were going to happen when they happened. But I thank God that I serve a congregation that is ready, willing, and able to respond to those needs as they arise without knowing what those needs might be.